Are you ready to turn your best ideas into a thriving online business? Introducing Shopify, your no-excuses business partner. You might not realize, but our podcast, More Than Mammies, it's a business. And we started it, of course, to talk about maternity, not to become an e-commerce expert. So yeah, we needed some help selling our merch and getting our store up and running. Another sale. Shopify is a commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. No matter if you are a garage entrepreneur or a big business, Shopify is the only tool you need to start and grow your business without the struggle. With Shopify single dashboard, you can manage orders, shipping, and payments from anywhere, giving you the insights you need wherever you are. Sign up for $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash sonoro or lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash sonoro to take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash sonoro. Hola, I'm Claudia Romo Edelman. And I'm Cynthia Kleinbaum-Milner. And this is a podcast, A La Latina. The playbook to succeed being your authentic self. Today, we're going to learn from Lori Castillo Martinez a couple of important points. First, careers are long. Taking a step back won't ruin your success. Even lateral moves can be beneficial. The importance of references, mentors and sponsors, and how to maintain those relationships. Also, the business case for inclusive teams and the correlation between diverse teams and improved performance. Lastly, you will learn how to approach an interview process to be sure to land in in an inclusive environment where you can be yourself. All of that and more here a La Latina. Stick around. A La Latina is proudly presented by Money Lion. Join the millions of Americans just like you who use Money Lion to help reach their American dream. Hola, welcome to this podcast, A La Latina, the playbook to succeed being your authentic self. Today, Lori Castillo Martinez. Lori is the Executive Vice President and Chief Equality Officer at Salesforce. She's a board member of How Women Lead and Life Moves, and she's a Senior Fellow at the American Leadership Forum in Silicon Valley. Welcome, Lori. It's a pleasure having you here. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so looking forward to our conversation today. Let's get the world to know who you are. All right. We, we would love to learn about your upbringing. <laughs> How did you grow up? Also, can you... Tell us things from your childhood, from your from your teenage years that then prepare you for the role that you have now. Um, so I grew up in San Jose, California. Um, my parents also from the Bay Area. Um, and I think for me, the two most informative things were, one, I went to an all-girls high school. And when you go to an all-girls high school, you really learn that women rule the world. And that's what I thought when I left high school. Um, it was also a very diverse high school. Many Latinas, Filipinas, um, just a very diverse environment where I really learned how to be myself. And I was able to sort of center on who I wanted to be. It was a very safe space. All of my friends, I always tell them, if you have daughters, you know, all girls schools are, I'm a huge fan because I just feel like it, it brought a different um, perspective to it. And then sports. Um, I played sports and again in an all girls environment everybody comes to cheer for your sports um, it's a little different kind of dynamic um, and then I would say the other thing and, and really you know from a perspective of my family it was 
every game, every event, every moment, I had my extended family there. And I think that support, that community Mm -hmm. engagement, um, it really just gave me the confidence so that when I went off into the world, whether it was through university or into my first job, um, I felt that security of family and I felt that security of team and just having been in places where I could grow that that confidence. I love that, like having the, the confidence coming from your family. Like if there, there's nothing more Latino than extended family going to cheer you up. So. Oh, yeah. And having the tios and the tias and yes. whether they are blood related or not and becoming right, references, yes. right? Like I think that that's where you're saying you grew up in an environment of safety where you had references and probably mentors were uh, mm-hmm. an extension of that. If I'd like to dig into that sure. concept of references, mentors and sponsors. How was it in your life? What role did mm-hmm. they play? How did you ask for them? And then we can transition onto a little deeper on what does it mean to be a mentor? What does it mean to be a sponsor? And how do you ask for them? How do you prepare for, you know, having a mentor and being mentored properly? Sure, sure. Well, I, I, you know, again, if I go back to the theme of family, it really started there um, where it was my dad and my sister and my mom. I always had this sort of space where I could ask these kinds of questions. Now, my parents didn't grow up in corporations, um, and so they didn't have that experience necessarily, but education was very important. Um, they made sure that there were those connections. Um, and my sister's 13 years older than me, and so she was the first in our family to go to university. And so she was the one who was able to really share some of her learnings 13 years ahead of me and connect me with her friends. And and it was actually through that, again, that broader community, one of her friends connected me to my very first corporate jobs at Intel, Mm -hmm. um, where she said, uh, go in, this is how you, this is, these are the things you want to do to prepare, Mm -hmm. even down to, this is the outfit you want to wear, like all of those small nuances that, you know, I may not necessarily would have um, received, um, but it was somebody that was helping me think through it. And so when I think about mentors, it starts there. But as I think about it from more of a, I guess, bring it to today and today, my role today, mentors are very much about who do you need in that moment? So for me, I have right now, um, you know, if you know about Salesforce, it's all things AI right now. Mm -hmm. Well, AI technology from that perspective is not something I've spent a lot of time on. And so I've been finding sponsors or sorry, mentors for myself that can help teach me the technology. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have other mentors that are helping me navigate maybe specific situations. Um, When I was new in this job, finding mentors who are experts in DE&I that could be my partners or personal board of directors that can help me be successful in this role. And then when I think of the sponsors in my career, these are the folks, and I always think the best sponsor is somebody that's two levels above you. Because this is somebody that's in the room when decisions like promotions or assignments are being made. And and I say two levels because at two levels, they can look across the organization. You have people who can see not just in your narrow organization, but across um, maybe a broader segment. And, and those are the folks that in my career have helped me find um, new opportunities, whether it was an international assignment or moving um, out of HR into finance or out of finance into compliance and ethics. It was those sponsors who were able to see those next jobs and those next opportunities mm-hmm. um, who would say things to me like, you get on well with the lawyers. How about you go try a hand in compliance and ethics? And uh-huh. 
You know, it was not something I'd spent any time in. And so it was those new opportunities that came through those sponsors and, and just that openness of connecting with people that helped. We would like to know more about yeah. your role sure. as diversity, equity, and inclusion within one of the largest tech companies in the world. How is it? What are the programs that work? Uh, you know, right. like what are the objectives? And just like driving the mentorship and the sponsorship program, are, right. they, are those kind of like the best practices on making sure that people get, um, you know, like feel integrated, have a sense of belonging. Yeah. A, a little bit just like, just like to close down the loop of mentorship and sponsorship within corporations. How do you do it from your perspective as a leader of Salesforce? Sure. So I think it's, um, it, part of it is understanding what goals you're trying to achieve, right? Because I think mentorship and sponsorship are tools or approaches but it, it depends on what you as the individual are looking for, and whether or not a mentorship or sponsorship or maybe another program is the right answer for you. And so what we try to do is leverage our data to say, um, you know, what, are, what is the objective we're trying to meet here? And so if someone is trying to look for their next career opportunity, if we use that as an example, that's something that comes up for Latinas um, quite a lot in our organization. How do I navigate my career? So if I think about that that goal of how do I navigate my career, um, we talk about two paths. So the mentorship path, we have a, a tool called Mentor Finder where anybody in the company can sign up to be mentors and anybody in the company can look for um, uh, both mentors and, and mentees. Um, and so that's something that anybody in the company can do. Um, and we've got some technology that helps us do that. And then we have specialized programs through our business resource groups and through our office where, again, we can do more formal matching depending on the goals that the individual has. Sponsorship I want to talk about a little bit because I think that's something that it's taken us a little while to unpack how, how do we set up a framework? Again, how do we create those conditions for sponsorship in a company? Because it's a really special relationship and it can be one that it's hard to figure it out, right? Because mm -hmm. somebody as a sponsor, you're also putting your political capital on the table. You're using your leverage, your credibility. And so I also think sometimes people are quite reticent to be sponsors until they really know the person. Yeah. And so what we've done is we have a program called Amplify. If I use this as one example. And what we've tried to do is figure out what are all the different dimensions of sponsorship? And so it was, how do you find the right matches? And so we were very intentional about creating a cohort. Um, this last cohort we had is women of color. Um, we then figured out, okay, what are the their goals? So which departments do they want to move to? Um, are there leaders that they want to connect with? And then we went out and um, actually asked and invited a very specific cohort of sponsors to join this program. And so we had an amazing team of sponsors, amazing team of sponsees. And then we created a program by which we had different opportunities for them to work together. Because the important thing about being a sponsor is, again, before you're sort of moving forward and, and recommending or talking about someone, you want to see them in action. Yeah. And so this program created an opportunity for them to actually work together on a project that our CEO team put together for them. And so it created, again, this environment. And then also what was really important was engaging their managers yeah. because we want to make sure their managers know where they want their career so that the managers and the sponsors can work together to help people's careers move forward. So that's just a small example of a way that we can pull it together I've formally. never heard of a sponsorship, like structured sponsorship program, because as you said, it's like you're putting your, your uh, capital 
your, your credibility when you, it's not like I'm giving you a recommendation as a mentor. It's more like I'm taking you with me in that's my right. own growth. So that's, uh, I, I think in Salesforce, you guys are doing very innovative things. Oh, thank you. Yeah, at least from from what I was when I was doing research on you, I was like, oh, everyone should be doing these things. Yeah, anyway. we've tried to be thoughtful and learn. Yeah. I think that's the key. And the role of the manager, the role of the sponsor, the role of the employee. Right, you own your own employability as an employee as well. Yeah. And I think the best scenarios is when you have those folks working together towards that common career goal that the person has designed or is thinking through for themselves. At Money Lion, we think money can buy happiness and that you deserve access to the same tricks, tips, and tools as the 1%. We want you to achieve your version of the American dream, so we built an app that can help you get there. From banking with no hidden fees to cash advances with zero interest or credit checks, Money Lion offers a suite of premium financial products that can help you make your everyday money decisions a whole lot easier. We even curated a network of content creators who can educate you how to invest, borrow, save, and earn like the pros. Ready to take control of your money life? Join the millions of Americans who use Money Lion every day by downloading the app today. Are you ready to turn your best ideas into a thriving online business? Introducing Shopify, your no-excuses business partner. You might not realize, but our podcast, More Than Mammies, it's a business. And we started it, of course, to talk about maternity, not to become an e-commerce expert. So yeah, we needed some help selling our merch and getting our store up and running. Another sale. Shopify is a commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. No matter if you are a garage entrepreneur or a big business, Shopify is the only tool you need to start and grow your business without the struggle. With Shopify single dashboard, you can manage orders, shipping, and payments from anywhere, giving you the insights you need wherever you are. Sign up for $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash sonoro or lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash sonoro to take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash sonoro. Claudia and I have been talking a lot about flipping the script. Yes. About the characteristics that Latinas have that may be seen with one side of the coin. And if we show the other side of the coin, mm -hmm. the same characteristic, it's actually a positive one. So why should companies recruit Latinas, what are the characteristics associated with Latinas that are good for business? So I think for me, a couple of things that come to mind is, um, you know, you, you hear a lot of the stereotypes of, uh, you know, big, emotional, um, a lot. Yes. <laughs> Have you heard that? Loud. A lot. I, this is new to me. So <laughs> <laughs> um, and one of the things I would say is that in my role, Well, you couldn't find me in the internet before um, I had this role. Um, I, I think what I've always brought, if I use myself as an example, is this conviction to the role of like, we're allowed for a reason because we have conviction and we believe in what we stand for. We know who we are. And I do believe that, you know, that, that um, what other people might um, perceive as, as sort of big and loud, I look at as, We've got courage, we've got conviction, um, and, we, and a lot of times we're, we can be willing to speak up when others aren't. Um, and so sometimes I know there's other things in, in our culture that may conflict with that, where, you know, the respect for authority or um, maybe a deference, but 
But I, one of the things that I feel has been very steady is this notion of conviction. And I think it's, and being willing to just say it. Um, and, um, and I've seen that a lot. Um, and I think it's a really valuable trait. Um, I also think this notion of inclusion from the point of view of community and connection. Um, when I walk into a, a room of Latinas, there is always this warmth um, that comes through. And I think part of it is we come from so many different diverse cultures, um, but we all love to find ways to be together. Um, and I think that this is an important, you know, not losing that when we move into a corporate environment mm-hmm. is really, really important. Finding ways to seek each other out and support the diversity of our culture, um, I think is, uh, is really important and, and something that I think um, we can all bring to the table. I think that it is very important that not only we know it, that we can transform and flip the script from loud to conviction. I love that. But do your peers and managers have to know it? Do you educate all your managers and peers of Latinos so that they know that that loudness, actually, if you flip it, could be conviction? So what I would say is... Ally training. Yeah. Well, you know, funny story. It's um, I've worked at places that I would say were more formal in nature, industries that were more formal in nature. And I would say there I felt like I had to dial down and felt a little less, it was harder, you know, to to do that code switching and mm-hmm. and navigate. And, you know, I was, um, you know, in a particular industry for almost 10 years. And it wasn't until I came to Salesforce, I actually realized how much I had dialed down and conformed. When I got to Salesforce, we're kind of a big personality kind of company. And so I do think we're actually a really fabulous fit for for um, the, the Latinx community because we are about, you know, big and being out there and having conviction. And so I think there's a lot of values alignment between um, the Latinx community and Salesforce. And so when I first came, I felt like, okay, these are my people. Like this is mm. this is a space where I can just show up and be me. Um, I can wear the crazy tennis shoes, or you know, I can I can wear the bright colors when I'm on stage. There was you know all of these things that I had realized other times in my career. I might I didn't I wasn't even conscious of how much I was dialing that down mm-hmm. until I came into an environment where I didn't have to anymore. And what's what do you think is the the um, impact? even like the business impact of having your team dialing down who they are. Can you tell us like what, is it bad? Is it good? Should people do it? Yeah. I mean, I think it's a, that, that whole notion of the dialing down and code switch, I think, you know, companies don't get the full advantage of who you are when you feel like you need to do that. And so I think, you know, when you're in a company where you're open and, you know, look, we're all in different environments and, you know, we all have to navigate. If you're in a meeting with the board of directors or with investors, you may show up a little differently than, you know, if like if I'm going and doing a town hall with the intern team or a future force team. And so I think in a professional environment, you always have to know kind of who your audience is and how you show up. And so I think that's the baseline. But then I think depending on the company culture, you either have an environment where people can bring who they are and show up with the fullness of who they are or you can't. And I think each of us, as we're looking at companies and thinking about where we want to work, I think that's something you test for Mm. in the interview process. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's something that's really important to find. It took me a long time in my career to figure out, 
oh, I need values alignment. Mm -hmm. Wherever I go, I need to make sure where I'm going, I'm not going to have to dial down or I'm not going to have to show up differently. I need um, to know more about that. So specifically, let's practice. Okay. This is your interview. I'm interviewing. Okay. <laughs> you're, All right. You're interviewing for a job with me. How would you test if our values align? I'm your potential future boss. Hello, Lori. <laughs> Hola, Lori. Hola, Lori. Well, We're a little late, but it's okay. <laughs> um, I mean, I think part of it is, I mean, I, literally, I would say sort of how you're greeted. In, you know, are people smiling at you? Mm -hmm. um, are they engaging with you? Are they interested? These are things, are they interested in me, the human? Mm -hmm. Not just me, the employee. And so I think... Also, are there senior Latinas in your staff? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, that's, of course, an important one, for sure. And I think just the, um, again, it, yes, there's always going to be a level of formality in an interview, but mm -hmm. I don't know, there's something about, do people feel like they can bring their humanity um, to the table? And if you can't feel that in an interview, I'm not sure you're going to feel it in the job. Mm -hmm. um, and so for me, I my, my family... Um, obviously started to hear me during uh, COVID. I would be working from home and they'd say, it sounds like you're laughing all day long. And I said, because I have to have joy and fun in my job. And so whether I'm in an interview, I, I, that's how I show up. And so I think for me, if I was talking to somebody, my future employer, are they asking me questions about, I mean, and of course you have to be careful in interviews, but like about me. Yeah. Do they do they care about who I am? Do they care about um, my community? Are they asking questions of curiosity, um, or do I get the impression that they have a very specific set of what's right or what's wrong um, in a certain you know area? Are they leaving room for innovation? And and I think it sounds like very high level topics, but. There's a lot of nuances that can happen in an interview that um, that kind of show you whether or not someone's going to be open um, or whether or not they're going to be more rigid. And I think for me as a Latina, I, I need that space to be innovative, to push the envelope, to really think about how we can drive things in a much more, in a much bigger way. Um, I guess that's how my Latinidad shows up in who and I am. You've mentioned how yourself you had to dial down. Um, we also have heard from, um, you know, like our guests, and we hope that we can bring a wide perspective. Yes. The community is so diverse. We are everything. We can be, you know, Native American, Afro, Latinos, part of LGBTQ. And then there's, there's some identity issue that a lot of people are feeling about, like, mm -hmm. am I fluent enough in English to be American? Am I fluent enough in Spanish to feel Latina? Do I claim the Latinidad even if I can't? Do I feel rejected in one or the other as opposed to being yeah. able to be everything? And Can you talk about that in your own experience sure. and how does that have, how has that been part of your corporate life as a person as a, mm -hmm. as, a, as Lori but also Lori now as seeing you know like overseeing so many um, so many people and talent yeah it's a complicated one I'll say I know for myself so I don't speak Spanish and so it's a it's one of those things where there's always a little bit of insecurity even at my level today there's always a little bit of insecurity of oh my gosh, am I, am I enough? Um, am I representing? Um, how are people going to feel if they, you know, start to speak to me in Spanish? And then I say, oh, 
un poquito de español, that's it. <laughs> that's all I can do. Mm. Um, and, and so there's always this sort of moment or, um, you know, the dreaded question of where are you from? And then I say things like, well, I'm from San Jose, California. And you get kind of the cocked look of like, no, but where are you really from? And, you know, I sit there and let, let that person be awkward rather than me be awkward, I've learned. Um, and, it, and, it, and it's sort of there's all of these little things that happen in your career of stereotypes and expectations that people have for you. And I think they're outside the community and in the community. I mean, exactly what you said. I mean, I've definitely walked into spaces where everybody may be speaking Spanish or maybe they're sharing a personal story. And I feel like, okay, I don't really have a, that type of story. I have my own story. But then you start judging your own story. Um, and it's a, it's an awkward feeling to feel like you have to judge your own story. And um, I would say I didn't share my story for many years because I, I didn't really know what to say because I didn't feel like what I would share was going to be what people expected of me. Mm. And, and so I just, you know, I just sort of conformed and did what I needed to do. It, it was sort of, and I don't think I even realized it in a very conscious way um, until I, I actually had a Latino leader. Um, and, and he said to me, Lori, I want you to get involved in our employee resource group. And this is probably uh, 15 years into my career at this point. And I said, oh, no, I've never really gotten involved. Like, um, you know, my experience isn't the same. I, and, and, and so we sort of went through these things. And he said, well, I've got a great story. You know, I came, um, you know, on a boat from Cuba. Like, I'll cover that part. But I think there's a lot of people just like you yeah. that nobody ever hears that story and they're not showing up because there's no one like you telling that story. Mm -hmm. And he said, why don't we go together? We'll go to different sites together, meet groups um, of Latinos across, Latinx employees across. And I bet between us, we'll hit a wider mark than if just you went or just I went. And that was my first experience, Amazing. sort of That's leaning great. in. Um, and I did realize that there were a lot of people whose experience was more similar to mine, um, sort of growing up in a generation of assimilation or just, again, so many generations had passed. Things, Some things were kept and some things were lost. And I think I didn't appreciate the value of sharing that um, mm -hmm. until I had a leader that was willing to lock arms with me and and help me feel less secure about that, um, or less insecure about it, um, to be honest. And yeah, so it's it's definitely been a journey personally, as well as I think in companies, we also have to be very careful not to stereotype or make assumptions or, you know, ask the dreaded question in a way that makes people uncomfortable versus you can ask that question in a way that makes people feel very welcome and very excited about where you're from. And you can ask it in a way that makes people really uncomfortable. And I think, you know, having that trusted relationship and that curiosity, then we want to share ourselves and who we are. And so, again, I think there's ways to do that um, that creates that warmth and connection. I think we're all, we're all going through our own process of embracing our Latinidad. I know, Claudia, when you moved to the U.S., you also found out you were Latina. In, in my case, uh, I remember, yeah, exactly. The, yeah, the, the CMO at Walmart, he, he was my manager and he calls me one day, literally just to ask me, hey, aren't you Latina? And I was like, why? Because I'm looking at our numbers 
and I don't see you. You didn't mark that you were Latina when you were hired. So they weren't counting me as a Latina. And I didn't identify myself as Latina because I always thought Latinos are born in the U.S., to Latin American parents. So I thought, I'm a foreigner, I'm not a Latina. <laughs> and then, so then he, he changed the way that I was categorized and they invited me to be an executive sponsor of the Latinx ARG. And one of the main problems we had as a Latinx employee resource was that we didn't know who were Latinos because people didn't identify, yeah. identify themselves as Latinos. So we're like, are there a hundred or two hundred in this office? Nobody knows. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's, it's, that it's, is changing. Yeah, go on. Yeah, I was just going to say it's those artificial rules, yes. right, or and barriers that we create that um, that actually um, I think take away our ability to be a stronger community together. We we sort of have these artificial rules where really it's about oh no. We, that we can we can come together with so many things we have in common and that we can learn from each other. Um, you know, I wish we could kind of take away some of those barriers sometimes. 30% of Hispanics today do not speak Spanish. So it's, you know, like you're part of a larger group in the country that are right now saying like, wait, but that doesn't define my identity or my Latinidad. Mm -hmm. I can still love my food, my culture, my yeah. values, and be Latina equally if I don't speak the language. But there's a trend to Latinidad. There's a trend to more. And I think that companies have an incredible opportunity of learning, of being curious, of yeah. leaning in to get those cultural nuances. And we as Latinos, we have to know that those values are not a con for our career, yes. but are a pro if we're able to flip the script. Right. Yeah. You what know? other things do you think that we should flip the script on values? Yeah, I mean, I think part of it is how do we embrace each other? Um, I think, you know, to your point earlier about, like, we're all moving in this direction towards our Latinidad. How do we learn from each other, right? Let's have an open conversation because I think there's a lot of different ways we show our identity, you know, music, food, culture, values, um, in some cases, religion. I mean, there's just, there's so many different dynamics. And I think we don't spend enough time really leaning in and learning. Um, you know, one of the things that I think is really important to me personally and I've seen in our community is around family and community. And I think this is one of those things where it's how do you flip the script on that? You can be a great, some of our best leaders, some of our greatest team leaders bring that community, bring that connection, um, bring that curiosity to the company in a way that allows people to feel like they can be themselves in the environment. And I think the more we also feel comfortable sharing that um, with our allies and with other folks that don't look like us, um, you start to create that, uh, that broader environment. So I think community and family is a really important one. And I think it teaches us a lot about collaboration and about really driving and leading great teams. Um, I think the other piece is, you know, really understanding, um, we talked a little bit earlier about um, sort of this notion of deference um, to authority. And I think this is a space where, and, and we're so grateful for the opportunity. And so I do think for companies, there is this um, lack of understanding that when Latinos come into the workforce, many of us do feel grateful. We are <laughs> excited to be there. We can be the most loyal employees to our leaders and to our companies. 
And, 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 and what I want companies to know is don't take advantage of that. Help those leaders succeed and find those internal career opportunities. And I think for us is we have to make sure we're willing to use our voice, even when it feels a little counterculture. Um, and then I think for our leaders, how do you, again, create those conditions for your employees to say, okay, I know there's this cultural nuance. How do I help my employee? And again, not that we need to be saved, um, but I do think there is a, a mutual two-way street of managers being curious. And then for us, how do we step into our own employability? Um, and we can still be grateful and, and, and excited to be in our companies. We shouldn't be embarrassed by that. But I also think companies should understand there may be that cultural nuance. And how do we help our, our Latina leaders really move through so that that becomes a very positive aspect to that connection with that leader? Amazing. I love it. Okay. If you could go back in time and give yourself advice, maybe when you were 25, yes. 30 years old, what would you tell yourself to, to make your career either go faster or go better or enjoy yeah. it more? Any advice? Um, I would say one of the things I've learned is careers are long. Um, and I've learned that there's times when I've leaned into my career in times where I've leaned back. And, and the times where I've leaned back have generally been related to family, um, whether it was when I had my children or when, um, you know, I was supporting my extended family and it didn't ruin my career. Um, and I think sometimes when you're young, you feel like, oh my gosh, I can't take I can't take my parental leave or I'm only going to take a shorter time than I'm granted. And and I think for me, what I've realized is nobody remembers if you were out for six weeks or six months um, because careers are long. And I think sometimes the story we tell ourselves is, oh my gosh, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take back my career or I've had opportunities. Um, I mentioned earlier, I had an opportunity to live overseas um, in Europe And um, I had to make a career decision to leave that company because my family, my, my boys were going into high school and they really wanted to come back home. And so I could take a career opportunity that led me to another assignment, to another part of the country, or I could find a new job and come back home. And I knew it was going to be a harder road to find another company, another job. Um, but it was really important for me to have that conversation and support my children in that scenario. And so I took a lateral move. Um, but here's the funny part of the story. That move landed me at Salesforce. No. This is great. <laughs> uh, yeah, and this is great. I could not have imagined where my career has gone from taking that first leap that I thought, oh my gosh, this is a lateral move. Um, I'm kind of, I, you know, pay and things that were really important weren't going backwards, but certainly my scope and my remit, starting over at a new company, those things I, I you know, my old self yeah. would have thought, oh my gosh, you're, you're going to ruin your career. Yes. My self five years ago was like, well, I know I'm an amazing leader. I'm going to make it work however it works. And if it doesn't work there, I'll find another place. And so it was it. a different kind of confidence going into the scenario to say, my family is important. I know that about myself. I'm going to make this choice. And wow, what an amazing ride it has been five years later. I, I never This would have so guessed great. it from that moment I thought I was stepping back in my career. So I love that you were playing, <laughs> you're playing with the right script. You yes. were playing with the script of a great leader that has opportunities and everything will be lining up 
It'll so, sort itself out. <laughs> it sort itself out, and it, careers are long. That's a good yeah. one. This has been amazing. I learned so much from you. I'm inspired and I'm empowered and I'm going to go and use all your playbook. <laughs> Lori Castillo Martinez from Salesforce. Leading a la Latina. A la, a la Latina. Latina. This podcast was proudly produced by Malca Media. ¿Estás listo para convertir tus mejores ideas en un negocio en línea exitoso? Te presentamos Shopify. Tal vez no lo sabías, pero nuestro podcast More Than Mummies es un negocio y lo empezamos, por supuesto, para desahogarnos y hablar sobre la maternidad, no para convertirnos en expertas de ventas y del e-commerce. Así que sí, necesitábamos ayuda para vender nuestro merch y poner en marcha nuestra tienda. ¿Y cómo suena con Shopify? Llegó otra venta. Shopify es la plataforma de comercio que está revolucionando millones de negocios en todo el mundo. Ya seas un emprendedor desde tu casa o desde donde sea, Shopify es la única herramienta que necesitas para iniciar, administrar y hacer crecer tu negocio sin dificultades. Con Shopify puedo gestionar pedidos, envíos y pagos desde cualquier lugar, brindándote toda la información y estadísticas de tus ventas al detalle. Regístrate para un periodo de prueba con tan solo un dólar al mes en shopify.com barra sonoro. Todo en minutos. Ve a Shopify.com barra sonoro para llevar tu negocio al siguiente nivel. Shopify.com barra sonoro.